Today I have with me the wonderful, the angelic, my small but perfectly formed colleague and friend Aoife Maguire. Hi Aoife. Hello Erin, lovely to be here. Oh lovely to see you, how have you been? Oh, I've been grand, um, very Irish answer that, yes, <laughs> but I've been fine, absolutely fine. Um, just doing this pandemic like everybody else, you know, just getting through, muddling through. I That's right. Yeah, yeah. Getting through. So um, I invited you here today because you're going to share some activities to use in class um, to do with drama, which I'm really excited about. But before that, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, well, I guess in, in short, I'm, a, I'm an English language teacher uh, and have been, I think, for nearly three decades. Um, I'm a dra drama facilitator and writer. Um, and I'm also currently a trainee psychotherapist. So I've sort of three things going on. Um, yes. Superwoman. Okay. Now, can I ask you a little bit more about the drama training you've had and also how it's influenced your teaching style? Yes, of course. Um, I have a degree in drama stud studies from, from Trinity College Dublin. Um, that's from the 90s, from a very long time ago. And really then, um, I would say I've done lots of various bits of CPD and, uh, you know, workshops and stuff, but really I've learned on the job, I suppose, like anybody else. Yeah. So in terms of, of work, I've been a community drama facilitator again for a few decades, working with many, many different groups. I've been an artist in residence for Fingal County Council, working in various drama programs for, for children of various ages um, all around Fingal. I've also been a screenwriter and episode writer for Fair City, and I know that screen, but even so, you learn drama um, on the job, um, obviously. Most recently, uh, I've been an assistant drama facilitator for RAID, which is a group just down the road. It's a community organization, and they do drama and art workshops for recovering drug addicts. So yeah, I think I've, I've sort of taught a full range from primary to secondary to young adults to um, I've done I've done workshops for OAPs. Um, I've worked professionally. I've worked in community drama. Um, so yeah, probably quite a wide range of of experience in in that way. Amazing. Now the raid thing that you were talking about, didn't I see something on Facebook a little while ago where they were doing Hamlet or something? Was it? Hamlet? You did. Yeah, you did. It was fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I was really proud of them. And I suppose that was a bit of bap a baptism of fire in terms of teaching um, drama online. There was huge learning in that. Um, and in a way, I was lucky because the main drama facilitator, um, there was a main drama facilitator and I was just the assistant. I was just helping her. But it kind of meant I could observe. It meant, um, and she'd try all different drama techniques that we've both known for a very long time. And I was able to come back and go, yes, this really worked, or that bit of that exercise <laughs> worked. Um, but I suppose like everyone, when we were thrown online back in, in March, there's just been such a huge learning curve um, in terms of going online, you know? Mm, absolutely. Um, do you find that most sort of, of the drama activities that you would normally employ in a regular classroom, can most of those be adapted online, like the ones you're going to talk about? Yeah, within reason, I think, yes, of course. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say yes, just, uh, I guess, physical space is different, but you can use breakout rooms. Um, yeah, no, I would say yes, ultimately. Excellent. And teachers are nothing if not adaptable. So. No, and there's no there's no choice at the moment, you know, you know? <laughs> and same for the students, you know, I mean, there's just such a sense of, well, look, this is the deal. So let's just keep going. And um, yeah, I think it's really important. Brilliant. So um, 
what are the benefits of drama for the students and for you and can I just throw in a little quote that I found today um, drama is a method to reveal aspects of the human condition oh that's very very nice isn't it <laughs> isn't it <laughs> <laughs> I would say the benefits for me and and the students are it creates a really really warm atmosphere it can create an atmosphere of safety where it's okay to play, where it's okay to explore. And, and maybe this is my psychotherapy coming into it as well. It, if, if you can tap into people's playfulness in terms of their language and their communication, you kind of get into that inner child sort of stuff, but it helps people relax. And, it, and I think it can really help with um, confidence if you can get there. Beautiful. Um, I'm really excited about this. So you're kind of splitting this into five little sections, aren't you? You're going to talk about voice work to begin with? Yes. Okay. Yes. Go that's, for that's it. My, uh, that's, my, that's my plan. I think a really important part of, of learning drama is about realising that we're human beings and that we have a body and a, and a mind and to connect them. I think that's a key theme in what I'm going to say. And sometimes in, in, in language learning, I feel people are just all in their head and they lose the fact that communication is through the body as well. And I know I'm not teaching drama when I'm teaching the English language, but uh, your voice is such a huge part of your communication. And yes. I just love to put, I just, I just love to go back there and to remember it. So there are, there are really, really basic, if, if I begin with voice work, so yeah, if I just take you through a voice work, what I mean by that, and maybe this is something you could have done in um, a drama class before, or choir, Erin, I know you're a great singer. Thank um, you very much. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so something as simple as, like, I, I mean, this, this might be like a five to 10 minute section, if you like. So literally I would start with relaxing. I would start with you know, drop your head and roll, gently roll your head around your shoulders. And occasionally I'll get a, you know, this is, this is, this isn't the gym, you know, or what, why are we doing this? But you're like, no, we need to get into our body. Your, your voice is in your body. Language is in your body. Um, that really, really matters so much. Um, and then just very, very basic things. I talk about the organs of articulation. Mm -hmm. So your organs of articulation are your, your lips and your tongue, for example. Um, and then I just want to teach you a few really, really, really simple exercises. Um, so there's like three cavities where, where sound resonates around. You'll find renewed energy and you'll find renewed energy in their voices if you get to do this. Because I suppose even in terms of relaxing, maybe it's that. If you can learn to relax your voice and how to play with it, it's an instrument then it's going to help your communication skills. Um, so something as simple, if we talk about lips, um, this might be good for, for Arabic students. Uh, also, um, also, I think it's Korean, have the b p. Yeah. So like a b p b p b p b p And then you speed it up. You go b p b p b p b p And then you really speed it up. You go like b p b p b p b p b p So just something, something to loosen the lips or a hum. Do you know, like a like something as simple as a hum. Um, so yeah, something with the lips. The tongue uh, can often be a very funny one to, to exercise. Um, and this might sound crazy, but your tongue makes three sounds. 
if you have a listen, there's a sound at the, the top of your tongue, the middle of your tongue and the back of your tongue. Okay. Um, so I teach this in a really, really simple way. And again, you can bring that into phonetics and pronunciation and where your tongue is in terms of the, the th or the th or all these different sounds. For me, pronunciation, I, it's one of my favorite things to yeah. teach. And I don't think it should be a mystery. I think it should be really, really practical. And I would absolutely encourage people to look in the mirror and to, to sort of get up close and personal with your mouth. And you can make that funny. It doesn't have to be very serious, you know. But the tongue, the three sounds of the tongue, if I tell you, are, are duh is the front. Do you want to try, Aaron? This is the teacher of me. Okay. Duh, duh. Duh. Okay, duh. So that's yep. your, your duh. The middle of the tongue is yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can kind of feel your tongue flattening and, and rising to the top of your your the roof of your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very good. G is the G back. G. Yeah. You can feel your the back of your tongue kind of rising up to meet the back of your throat. G. Yeah. A absolutely. So it's about awareness and it's about becoming aware of what your tongue does and that it can make those three different sounds. And so then you'd kind of do if I, I'll just talk you through it quickly. You do a, a very simple exercise of start with your does like so speed it up. Yeah. And then into your yeah, yeah, yeah. And speed up the rhythm and into the good, good, good. Then you put the three together, which is always hilarious. You go like um, Brilliant. But it's just it's just to become aware of, of what it can do and to, to isolate it. And then the last one, if you like, would be cavities. So I suppose and, and resonation. So uh, there are three cavities in your body that make sound. There's the sound in your nose, the sound in your mouth, and then the kind of the sound down here in your throat. Okay. And so it's to become aware. Some people have a very nosy voice. Some people have a mouthy voice. Some people have a throat voice. It's a, and that, that it's could like, be very dependent on the language, your first language, couldn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And there can be choice in that as well. I mean, if I'm teaching this to kids, it sounds a little bit um, Goldilocks and the three bears, you know, the baby bear voice, the medium sized bear, or the whatever, the daddy bear voice is down here. <laughs> But to, to become aware of where the sound is coming from. So yeah. I kind of do a very basic voice thing that can last sort of shorter or longer. The way I was taught it, you're going to think this is a bit strange, but the way I was taught it was through a meow. So sometimes I get the guys to do that as well. So the meow starts in your nose, goes into your mouth, goes down to your throat and comes back out your mouth. So it's like i see i like it and and i think you can't fail to get a giggle then if you do something like that well that's it and you know everyone can meow you can kind of <laughs> relax a bit <laughs> like it's not rocket science it's extremely practical and yeah and there's a sense of i would always get everyone to stand up and be in a circle when i was mm -hmm. when when i'm doing this so obviously that's very difficult to do you can't do it online but I, I would, but even so, I would get people to stand up if I was, if I'm doing this online. There's no reason people can't stand up, yep. you know, generally, generally speaking, um, we give it a shot. Yeah. Okay. What's your sort of second section? Well, I guess I just wanted to, to say that I, I think you can, you can use drama in, in any situation um, in terms of your book is full of scripts. Yeah. So grammar exercises, vocabulary exercises, at the back of the book, audios, you know, all the little audio scripts. I would consider all of that potential material, I'd have to say. 
So, you know, maybe you do your grammar exercise and you get the guys to, to, to act it out. I'd, let, let's say if there's a, a grammar sheet and there are three little, I don't know, three little dialogues on it. Yeah. So we'd give, I don't know if there's whatever, let's say there are six people in the class, which never happens, but <laughs> it's like one, two students do A, two students do B, two students do C. Yeah. And I'd give them let's say, I don't know, we give them 10 minutes to, to go off and practice it. And then we'll bring it back to the class and they'll perform it. And we'll, I'd have a fun Oscars. We'll give an Oscar. We'll give a best actor prize, best actress prize, and we'll give a best group prize. And I do that quite regularly. Do you know what I mean? So there's kind of a bit of fun. There's a bit of competition in it. Yeah, I think they're great. Just a, just a little thing I'd say as well in terms of playfulness. Um, I think casting is really important and it, this depends on, on the class, etc. But if there's a man and a woman and there's a man and a woman, the man doesn't have to be the man and the woman doesn't have to be the woman. You can play against age, you can play against type, you can play with different, just, just and, and, and it's about play. I think that's the most important word to me is play. And you might find, you might find people really enjoy being a child, for example. It can be great fun to play to be a five-year-old. It gives people license to play. It gives people yeah. license to to explore, if you like. Yeah, and I think that assignment of different gender roles to different people will kind of encompass the the kind of the the gender fluidity of nowadays as well. You know, it's not like you are a boy, so you will be a boy. You know, because that can be not. that can put no. students in a difficult position as well. Yeah, yeah. So there's a little bit of of um, yeah. I just it, it just can be interesting to see um what what you can do but I, I would be open to it and again I, I think the the two key words maybe that are are coming up for me are safety it's about creating a safe place mm. where people are relaxed um and 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 can play you know you want people to be able to play I think not that I always succeed in that not mm. you know but but that would be that would certainly be the aim um yeah yeah, and then you get the unconscious learning happening as well. You know, it doesn't feel like learning. Therefore, learning is probably very likely to take place. Yeah, yeah, it's going back to that. Yeah. Okay, um, number three. In terms of, of working with uh, international groups, you do have to be culturally sensitive. You do have to be aware of the, the material you're, you're working with. And for whatever reason, I find fairy tales just perfect material. <laughs> My, my absolute favorite is Cinderella, believe it or not. I have Cinderella scripts of a few different levels. Um, and I found that they work really, really well. I, I think with every group, what I might do, uh, you could do this as a longer activity or a shorter activity, you know, like an end of week activity kind of thing. Um, and my scripts are only like it's Cinderella in seven minutes now, I have to say, or Cinderella in five minutes. We're talking a pretty short Cinderella, a bit like the Hamlet you saw earlier. It's like the, you know, it's the shortened version. And I guess two things, I guess, first, if I explain exactly how I would organize that, I would organize it in a very, very particular way. You give permission. People aren't worrying about, is this the correct grammar? Is that the correct vocabulary? Is this the correct something else? So all they have to do is perform it. It's different to coming up with the, the script yourself, which obviously improvisation absolutely has a place um, and role play absolutely has a, a place. Um, but really I've, I've just seen people come alive with it. I've seen people come alive with it. 
So the, the steps I would follow would be, um, number one, read through, quite simply. No acting, literally sit in a circle and read it through <laughs> um, from A to Z. Then the second thing I would say to people is you, you block it. So blocking is stage directions. And sometimes I'll go into a little bit of theater stuff about that. So maybe somebody is a director and somebody is, you know, and there's actors or, or maybe not. It depends how you do it. Um, and we talk about stage right and stage left and backstage and wings. And, and I, I'd literally get them to go, well, you're here and she's there and he moves at this time. And how can you animate it? And how can we um, make it more, uh, how can we make it as interesting as possible? Again, the key is in the casting for me of Cinderella. Mm -hmm. um, no one ever expects, the Cinderellas I pick never expect to be Cinderella. And that always makes a big difference. <laughs> You know, Interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. And I think you can learn a lot from that. And if anyone is to ever do it, your key characters are your ugly sisters. Your ugly sisters are great crack. They're great fun. That's where the fun is going to be. Do you know? So I suppose to give it to people, um, it's the messers in your class probably are the ugly sisters, the people that are going to, and they're the big parts generally, they're the, they're the, the ones, um, and then the, then the narrator is somebody who probably is able to speak quite well or not too worried about it. Just to translate, um, messes, <laughs> a colloquial <laughs> word for the kids who are more likely to mess around. Is that right? Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty okay. good. I didn't realize that was an Irishism, okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And I, I would also, again, this is old fashioned, but you can't learn a script off by heart uh, in, in that space, in the space of like a couple of minutes at the end of a class. But you can learn a script off by heart in a shorter amount of time than you might think. Mm. And I would argue that there's great value in that. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So even with the little grammar exercises, I'd often say you have to learn it off by heart. And they're like, no we can't Eva. that's not possible and you're like yes you can other yes. other classes have done this and yes you can I love that I love those two things the the transcripts and the the fairy tales or the plays and I would I would I would argue that non-EFL or ESL classes can do those things as well quite easily and what you were saying about um you know giving them a script and there's no sort of rule they're, they're not exactly learning, but they are because you have that input and maybe because they have the script, then the pressure is off in terms of being correct and stuff like that. So they yeah. can just enjoy it. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I've really had, I've really had great fun and I've had, you see, I, I think I'm sure it's probably the same in, in England, Erin, I'm not sure, but certainly in, in Ireland, like most kids at some stage will have done a bit of a play or a bit of drama yeah. in primary school at secondary school. But I've been amazed, um, you know, I've had people from Pakistan or from Japan or from Saudi Arabia, and they have literally never acted. They have literally never had the experience of doing drama, of standing up and embodying something and doing something in that way. Um, and they just seem to get great fun out of it. Do you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, and that's something that I have never even considered even like when you get them, like I often, you know, get them to write a little dialogue and then I'll say, okay, practice it. And then you'll act it out in front of the class. But you never consider the fact that they may not have ever have done that in their lives. Wow. Yeah, no, I hadn't. Yeah, <laughs> I actually hadn't realized that. I hadn't realized that. And there's great, 
freedom people go yeah they really embrace it or they might find it a little bit difficult and then it takes time but yeah i i i just i i would have assumed that too um so that that's been a revelation to me certainly when when students started saying that to me that they never they never had the opportunity to do that you know so um yeah it is about it is about playing also even in terms of those scripts um this is i love narrative tenses as uh, the storyteller in me so you can totally turn this any any dialogue you can turn into a narrative tense or storytelling exercise as well do you yeah. know what i mean what yeah. happened and consecutive actions and all that sort of stuff um so yeah whenever i get to that's like my favorite section often in the book whenever i get to narrative tenses and past simple and um adverbs yeah and adjectives you know I'm like yay storytelling and you can bring your drama into that as well Oh, so exciting. Brilliant. I'm loving this. Okay, let's go on to number four. When you when you asked me about about drama in the classroom area, and I did, I did think, and I was like, oh, you this was this was a, a really good exercise for me as well. And I was sort of thinking, well, where where do my ideas or strategies or it gave me a moment to to reflect as well and just maybe to give a little bit of theory if you like so yeah. I was really really lucky um when I was in Trinity that I had a woman called Christine Poulter who was a she's like the community drama guru I would say in Ireland and Britain um she's just fantastic and her book called playing the game and just what I realized was was she has sort of a few basic concepts but I really like how she explains them what she does is she divides uh the exercises into three right to begin with so you've got low focus exercises medium focus exercises and high focus exercises so for example a low focus exercise is where somebody is getting to practice but they're not they're not the focus of the room it's just on them so for example in pronunciation if we all say the word a train and everybody says it everybody says it so you're not pinpointing you're not highlighting anybody to begin with it's about building up confidence if you like and then i guess it's it's kind of building up it's building up your focus level so the the the, the very the very other side of that would be asking somebody to come out with something completely by themselves. Do you know what I mean? So to invent something or to create something. So I guess what I'm saying is scaffolding. Yeah. It's to notice the steps of how to build confidence. Do you know what I mean? Great point. So that Do you know what I mean? So you're not suddenly throwing someone in the deep end. Mm. So you build them up, they get to practice in a group, they get to practice with everybody in the class. They get to practice in a pair. <laughs> Then maybe we highlight at the end and we hear different bits and pieces but i just i would be really 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 aware of that that um uh and and i had a teacher who used to say try to catch people being good if you like now i think she meant in terms of i think she meant in terms of behavior but i'm always listening for somebody saying something in a in a particularly um interesting way or a particularly natural way Yeah and I I think uh yeah I I think it's that but I just I just be really really aware of not throwing people in the deep end and I feel a huge responsibility that it's my job to instill confidence and to to be aware of that and to be aware of that for different people and even you know I mean this is quite obvious but if you're going around and you know somebody is particularly shy and they're working in a two for example or a three 
and you catch them being brilliant, I'd make a really big point of that. You know, I'd make, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So it was just that I I realized, um, I I think people, a lot of people do this automatically, but I just thought it was an interesting way to look at it uh, or to to verbalize it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when now you say it is common sense, it's completely common sense, but it's such a nice kind of natural progression to use with your students. Love it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, Are we on to number five now? Yes, this is my last one, I guess. And it's kind of like general performance and and, um, maybe general acting techniques that you might teach to people with regards to anything. So with regards to anything. So how many techniques do I have here? Mm -hmm. Okay, I think I've one, two, three, four things that potentially I, I could I could speak about here. So Go you can it. do this in you can do this in anything. You, you can do this in a Cinderella script. You can do this at any any moment if you like. It's like day one in actor school. So we 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 might take a line. So if I was doing Cinderella, this is the kind of thing I'd stop. This is like to get the polish. If we're wanting to polish a little bit, um, this is an exercise that helps with polish. And what I'd say is that let's, everyone needs to, to pick a line from whatever it is, from whatever script you're working on. Um, and there are various things we can, we can do with it. So this is going to sound very strange. I happen to have New English File Upper Intermediate beside me and I just randomly picked the line, have you used it yourself? Okay. Okay. <laughs> have, have you used it yourself? Just completely random line from the, the book. So there's something really, really simple. I've volume, tone, emotion, and, and power of the pause. So I'm not asking anybody to make this sound brilliant. What I'm saying is that you have those four tools that you can play with to explore this line and to make it, then to make a decision. How can I make this sound as as interesting as possible? How can I work on this line and make this one line as interesting as possible? So very, very focused work and absolutely using a background of acting and drama techniques, um, but applying it really to everyday life and maybe maybe just thinking about something in a different way, if you like. So, so the first one, very obviously, I have is, is volume. <laughs> Do you know? So you can make a difference by going like, I, I won't scream. I don't think it's a good idea right now. <laughs> but being quiet, like, have, have you used it yourself? Have you used it yourself? And what does that mean? And what does that do? Even when I'm thinking of volume, something I'd say to people, um, and this is especially for quieter students or shy students, the more quietly you speak, it can make you the m- more nervous, you know? Mm-hmm. So in fact, it's always better to try and project a little bit and to be aware of your diaphragm and to speak a bit louder. And it can, it can give you confidence. Even doing that can give you confidence. And again, maybe using the idea of a, of a shared low focus, maybe we can all shout it at the same time. Do you know? Yeah. So everybody shouts, have you answered yourself? And then everybody goes <laughs> quiet, do you know? So even to, to free up the voice a little bit, I'm not making a spectacle of anyone. I'm not asking anyone to do anything that makes them uncomfortable. This is something we do together. And so then I guess, I mean, you've obviously got pitch, do you know? It's like, have you used it yourself? Have you used it yourself? Using my my different kind of voices and what that means and how that might be appropriate or or different in ways, and then emotion emotion is hugely important. You know, 
So suddenly you get people playing. I mean, let's be let's be angry. Do you know what I mean? Like, so have you used it yourself? <laughs> you know, <laughs> or or very loving and warm. And have you used it yourself? You know, so you're almost, I don't know, caressing the words with your voice. <laughs> but I'm I'm just playing, just playing with it, if yeah. you like. And then the last one, I think this has to be my favorite. I, I have a teacher, or I did a I did a, a workshop. In fact, I should say the idea of this, I'll I'll give credit to where credit is due, comes directly from an Abbey Theatre workshop um, I did with the few guys there who who were brilliant and we just had great fun with this and I've used it ever since. Um, But it's the power of the the pause. The power of the pause is, is, it's literally what it says. Um, So in fact, one of the most effective things in communication is Silence, silence, you know? So if we look at, have you used it yourself or, and what you emphasized, there's different ways of doing it. So you could emphasize different words, but it's like, have you used it yourself? Mm. Have you used it yourself? (laughs) Have you used it? Do you know, this this kind of idea. Um, so there's different, both, both tone and it's just ways of emphasizing words and playing words. And then I'll get everybody, I, I get, maybe it sounds strange, but in any person's one script, I'll, I'll get them. They kind of have to have a favorite line that they've really worked on, that they've really polished this line. And we'll all kind of watch for it when we're, when we're watching the performance, we really want them to nail that line and, and, you know, give it the most that they can. But there's great fun in it and there's great playfulness in it. I think that's really, really important. Yeah, brilliant. I love that. I love all of those things. I was going to ask you about shy students and how you help them overcome any feelings of being self-conscious, but I think you've half answered it already with the the kind of the scaffolding with the low, medium and high focus exercises. Um, is there anything else you do to help them? Uh, yeah, there, there, there's that. There's I, I'd never throw them in the deep end, it's that, uh, which I guess is, is what you're saying. I would also say never underestimate them, mm. you know, which is kind of the opposite. You know, it's a hard line. I was a hard line to, to navigate sometimes. In my experience, quite genuinely, the shy students are often the best actors. So it's not that you kind of have to try and catch that and, and find it and then and then really encourage it. Um, in someone and give them an opportunity with the scaffolding to show that but I wouldn't write them off no I wouldn't write them off absolutely not and I think like as you said it's about cultivating this environment of safety and then getting to know your students and then knowing when to sort of cross that line that you're navigating and and kind of get a feel for when they're ready and I think it could be an outlet for for some shy students maybe you know like how um you know, when you, you read about or you, you see an interview with maybe like someone who's quite famous, who sings or some, or who's an actor, but they're very, very shy in, in, the, in their private life because what they do in, in their performance aspect is, is just an outlet for them. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So interesting. So interesting. Yeah. I'm learning so much. I can't wait to get back in the classroom so I can do some of this. <laughs> Excellent. I can see my Friday lessons just transforming into this. Oh, like... into, into, into drama. Well, yeah. yeah, no, I would highly recommend it. Like, I, I guess it's been an automatic thing for me or a, a kind of just a natural thing because um, they're two very big interests for me. Um, yeah, it's just, areas. it's so nice yeah. just hearing about it, though, because um, I'm always happy to learn new stuff. 
and and to adapt my lessons and stuff like that and I just think this this kind of advice that you're giving it's very practical I think any any teacher in any kind of school they don't have to be an EFL teacher they can get something out of this episode which is just really really good what else was I going to ask you um so how have you been coping with the lockdown and do you have any advice for our lovely teachers listening um Yes, I'm, but I'm going to, I'm absolutely going to follow the crowd. I think me and, and so many people I know have become very interested in yoga. Mm. Um, and I would say, um, and maybe it ties a little bit into what I was saying, because it's absolutely about connecting. You know, it's about being present with your body and reconnecting and going back into, into that place. And I have to say, I think it's more important than ever when we live on a screen and when things are so two dimensional to realize that we're human beings and we have bodies. And um, so for me, and I, I would say I'm not a very, I, I mightn't look like a very yoga traditionally kind of person, um, though I'm, I'm, uh, I can still headstand, very proud of that in my late 40s. Uh, I, can well still, I can still headstand <laughs> and cartwheel, Erin, and cartwheel. Um, I'm impressed. But, but... I've done that since I was about 11. <laughs> um, but just even something as simple as YouTube and the, you know, I've, I've done, so I've done the online yoga classes with my local gym um, just to support them. But yoga with Adrian, I mean, me and everyone else, I think in the world are saying this at the moment, it's just fantastic because some things are five minutes, some things are 10 minutes, some, some ones are 20 minutes. You can do it for relaxation. You can do it for stress relief. You can do it for breath. And I, I just think it's a really beautiful and simple way of, of reconnecting um, and remembering that you have a body because I know sometimes I can forget that. Lovely. Yeah. Um any references that we have talked about or Aoife has mentioned will be in the show notes. Thank you so much. I'm, I cannot wait to put into practice some of the things that you've t- talked about today. Um, and I also can't wait to meet up with you again for a cup of tea or a, a picnic in the park or, you know, when the weather improves and everything opens up again. Absolutely. Really looking forward to it. And huge thanks for having me, Erin. It's been my pleasure. Thank oh, you. It's been my pleasure too. Thank you so much.